Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God that I'd like to study with you today is the Old Testament reading from Joshua 24. That's printed out in the worship folder if you'd like to follow along. The way we spend our time reveals our priorities. Let me say it again. The way we spend our time reveals our priorities. Would you agree with that? It's not necessarily about quantity of time or how much time we spend on things. There are things we have to do that we might not consider it a priority that, that take a lot of time. Although maybe you do. You spend about a third of your life sleeping. You kind of have to do that. You spend another third of your life at school or work. Again, that may or may not be your priority, but you have to do that too. And then with the last third, there are other things that we need to do every day. You need to eat, which means somebody needs to shop, somebody needs to cook. It's, it's a good idea to clean the house, clean your body. There's all these daily activities, things we need to do. Do you need to spend time with God? Do you want to spend time with God? How high up does that rise on your list of daily priorities. Today, the Holy Spirit, through Joshua, is going to encourage us to do just that, to, to spend time with God, and I might add daily, as our top priority. But it is a choice. No one is going to make you do it, not even God. God is not going to reach a hand down from heaven and sit you in a stool and make you read the Bible. No, it's, it's truly a choice, at least for the believer. And that's the choice that Joshua presents to God's people in our reading today. If I can get Joshua, there's, there's a picture of Joshua. I don't know what Joshua really looks like. That's just a guess. We do know that Joshua was the general. He was the leader of the army. And you might remember that Joshua was Moses' aide or assistant. Joshua was there, a very young man, maybe still a teenager, when Moses came back to Egypt to lead the people out of slavery. Moses walked across the Red Sea on dry land. He, he followed Moses through the desert to the border of the Promised Land. He was one of the two spies that agreed with Moses and trusted God to defeat the people in Canaan, but the other spies didn't think so. So they, they wandered around for 40 years. And when they got back to the promised land, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, it was time for Moses to be with God. And Joshua became the leader. It was Joshua who led the people across the Jordan River into the promised land. It was Joshua that led the army as they conquered the nations before them, both on the way and then in the promised land. And when we get to Joshua 24, it's the end of the book. It's the, also the end of Joshua's life. And just as Moses did, Joshua gathers all of the people together and he wants to encourage them one final time. And that's what we heard in our first reading. And he says, it's time to choose. Are you going to worship the gods that your fathers worshipped in Egypt? Like the sun god, Ra? Or the holy cow, the, the golden calf. 
He said, are, are you going to worship the, God of the, the gods of the Amorites, the people that they conquered on the way to the promised land? Or are, are you going to worship the God of the people that were still living in the promised land? They were supposed to wipe them out, but they didn't do that. And so there were still Canaanites and Hivites and Jebusites and all these other people living there. They worshiped the bottom left. That's, that's the best picture I could find of Baal. And the bottom right, that's Asherah. And that's the most modest picture I could find. If you're going to Google Asherah when you go home, don't let the kids look. It's, it's graphic. Joshua said, are you going to worship these gods? They're figments of someone's imagination. They're, they're made out of gold and silver and wood and stone. Are, are you going to worship those gods? Or are you going to worship the Lord? You know, we have the same choice today. You might not think that we would worship those kinds of gods, but there are people in our world today who still worship statues like Buddha, there are people who still worship the holy cow. I mean, that's a real picture, likely in a place like India. Maybe in America, we're not tempted to worship such gods, but, but how about these? Have you ever added up how much time you spent in school? Or how much time you still have to give? You probably know this number if you're required by your employer for continuing education hours. I don't know when that started, and, and maybe it's changed now, but for decades now, we've heard people say that you have to go to school, and you have to get your college degree, because that means you can get a, a better job. And, and, and some people worship their career. Some of it might be it's self-fulfilling. In fact, if you meet a man, it's probably the second thing he'll tell you after his name, he'll tell you what his job is. And if you meet a woman, she might be ashamed if she doesn't have a career because in today's world, if you're a stay-at-home wife and mom, well, that, that's not really what being a woman is all about. And I guess we worship the career because the, that's going to make us a, a lot of money and, and we worship money because then we can fill our houses with all kinds of stuff, especially the electronics. How many cell phones do you have in a box? I've got at least a dozen. Those things are no good after like a year or two. But isn't that true of all the rest of the stuff too? How many of you still have boxes and boxes full of toys that your kids grew out of or clothes or others? You know what I think one of the fastest growing businesses in America is? Storage sheds. You should invest because people have so much junk, they don't have anywhere to put it. And then, I'm a fan. But how much time do we spend watching the Packers, the Badgers, the Brewers, the Bucks, or youth sports, our kids and our grandkids? I'm all for it. But Heather spent almost 12 hours at a wrestling tournament yesterday. And we weren't the only ones there. Compared to how much time we spend with God. Joshua said to the people, are you going to worship these false gods? Have you ever noticed that false gods, number one, as I said, they're just a figment of our imagination. They're made out of wood or stone or gold or silver or they're just ideas and concepts. But they never give us anything. They only take, they take our time, they take our energy, they take our money, they take our focus. Maybe in return, we get a small sliver of pleasure or enjoyment, but at best, it's 
temporary and, and they really have nothing to offer. And Joshua says, are you going to worship those gods or are you going to serve the Lord? And Joshua, of course, he gave his answer. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Why would we? Joshua, if you go back to the beginning of the chapter, gave the people all kinds of reasons, and they were listening because they repeat those reasons. Joshua reminded the people that it was the Lord who chose Abraham to be the father of their nation. And even in his old age, God promised and granted Abraham a son. Isaac was born, and and God gave Isaac two sons, Jacob and Esau. And God gave Jacob 12 sons, and those became the 12 tribes of Israel. It was the Lord who protected the people when they had a famine and they had to move to Egypt. It was the Lord who sent Moses to deliver them from Egypt across the Red Sea, through the desert. It was the Lord who conquered the nations before them, including the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Jebusites, and all the others living in the land. It was the Lord who gave the people houses they did not build and farms they did not plant, a land flowing with milk and honey. And the people said, yeah, the Lord, he's our God. What has the Lord done for you? I guess we summarize it like that. But it actually starts in eternity. Even before God created the world, he chose you to be his own dear child. In fact, I could argue that God created the world, put Adam and Eve in the garden, told them to be fruitful and multiply because he wanted to give life to you. And when Adam and Eve sinned and God promised that the seed or the offspring of the woman would save them from their sin, God was thinking of you. That that was for you, too. Even the flood. When God sent the flood to destroy the world and he saved only Noah, he was thinking of you because if God hadn't done that, this world would have been nothing but unbelievers and you would have had no hope. When God chose Abraham and and promised Abraham not just a son, but a nation, he also promised that all the nations on earth would be blessed through Abraham's descendant. That was for you. God worked through all of human history throughout the Old Testament. When you read those verses, you have to understand that God was working for you. And then when the time had fully come, God sent his son to be born of a woman. You could argue that Jesus stepped out of eternity and into human time for you. Now it happens every year. We go from Christmas to Jesus' baptism, which we celebrated last week. It takes like three weeks for us. It's 30 years for Jesus. And even though we know very little about anything that happened in his childhood, his birth. We know he went to Egypt because Herod was chasing after him, trying to kill him. We know that they moved back to Nazareth. And and then when Jesus was 12, he went to the temple and he was left behind. That's all we know. But those entire 30 years, Jesus was living, obeying his parents, obeying his Father in heaven for you. In a couple of weeks when we hear that Jesus went out into the wilderness and and faced the devil one-on-one, that was for you. Jesus spent time preaching and teaching and healing and and then he suffered for you. He hung on the cross for six hours in unimaginable physical, emotional, and spiritual pain for you. 
He rested in a tomb for three days for you. He spent the next 40 days on earth just assuring his disciples and hundreds of others that he really had risen from the death so that one day you could believe that he had conquered the death as well. And it didn't stop there. Because after Jesus went back to heaven, he sent those disciples and the rest of the believers out to continue to proclaim the gospel. He worked through 2,000 more years of human history until you were born. Also that you could have the opportunity to spend time with God. Now and forever. Joshua got the people so excited. Yes, Joshua, we're with you. We too will serve the Lord. And then Joshua did something unexpected. Did you catch that in the reading? It's verse 19. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. Why did he get them so excited and, and, and convince them, yes, to serve the Lord and then tell them, no, forget it, you can't do it. He gave two reasons. He gave two reasons. First, he said, God is a holy God. He is a jealous God. Don't pretend. Don't say with your lips that you are going to serve the Lord and and not follow through because the holy, jealous God, he cannot give his glory to others. He he will not give his praise to idols. And if you're just going to turn around and go back and worship all of those other false gods, just you might as well forget it. Because then everything that God has done, all the good things he has done for you, it'll all be wasted. He'll bring disaster on you and he will put an end to you. It's a serious warning. It's one that we need to take caution as well. On the one hand, we have to acknowledge the fact that when we're born, we cannot, would not, did not choose to serve God. When we're born because of our sin, we are spiritually dead, blind, and enemies of God. We cannot reach out and choose God or open the door for him or invite Jesus into our hearts. And even if we could, we wouldn't know who God is. We're blind. Without the Spirit's work through God's word, we would not know the true God. That's why people create gods of the sun and the holy cow and all these other things because we're searching for God. And even if we knew who he was, we, we wouldn't choose to believe in him by nature because Paul tells us in Romans 8 that the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. We would not, could not, did not, but the Holy Spirit called you. In baptism, the Holy Spirit drowned your sinful nature. Gave you new life, made you a child of God, and and gave you faith to believe that Jesus is the Son of God and your Savior from sin. Now, once you have faith, now you have a choice. Are you going to hold tightly to Christ and all of his blessings? Are you going to kind of walk around loose and maybe let him go? You know, it happens all of the time. Maybe it's like that game where you have all these balloons and you're trying to keep them all in the air at one time. Do you feel like life's like that? Because you do have to go to work and you do have to go shopping and you do have to clean and you do have to do the laundry and, and if you have kids, you got a few more there and if you got grandkids, you got a few more there and, and when the Packers are on and the Badgers are on and, and there's this and there's that and there's the other thing and there's all these things and all of a sudden God's the balloon hanging on the ground. 
It's not that we said, God, I don't want anything to do with you, or it's not that we just took him and put him on the ground. He just, just uh, wasn't at the top of the priority list. There are times, though, when we hold tightly onto God, when things aren't going so well, things break down, or somebody gets sick, or tragedy strikes. We hold tightly, but you know, things get better again, and and we're popping the balloons, and, and God's back there again. It's just Joshua said, don't say with your lips that you're going to worship God and then leave him in the background. And we have to remember that even when we're really working hard, we really want to hold on to God. The devil's still there. And the world is still there, and our sinful nature is still there, and they're all ripping and grabbing, you know, just like a guy carrying the football. Everybody's coming, and they're trying to bring you down and pull God away from you. They do anything they can. And that's exactly why we need to spend time with God. It's really not that much more different than eating. I, I bet you can't remember the last day that you went without a meal. Am I right? Maybe you've missed a meal here or there, but, but you've probably not gone a whole day without eating for all, all kinds of years. In fact, even when you've gone on vacation, I bet you never said, you know what, we're on vacation, we don't really have time to eat. No, when we go on vacation, we spend extra time and extra money. We look for nice places to go out, and, and we, we, if we're going to a new location, we check out the options, and, and we'd never miss a meal. And that makes sense. Number one, if you don't eat, your body tells you you're hungry. Or my wife would tell you, I'll get hangry. Well, maybe the anger is just always there, but I get hungry too. Or you don't have energy. Or you actually feel sick. And your body says, you need food. You know that your soul does that too? It's called stress. And anxiety and worry and depression, those are all symptoms of a hungry soul. And God promises to give us everything that our soul needs when we spend time with him in his word. I, I think that the devil tries to convince us that coming to church and going to Bible study and, and reading our Bibles, those are chores, they're like obligations, things that we have to do. But if we're honest, sometimes we eat because we need to, but don't you like eating? I mean, I actually enjoy it. And I think spending time with God can be like that too. It, it, it's not something we have to do, but it's something we want to do because God is blessing us. I've given you my suggestion before, but I'm going to give it to you again. It's the three-hour suggestion. Three hours a week, less than 2% of your entire week, you're already putting in the first hour right now. And when we come to worship, we come, yes, to worship God and also to let God serve us, to fill us with his word and with the sacrament. Bible study is not the same. In Bible study, we have the opportunity to dig deeper into God's Word, to ask questions, to make applications, and to encourage one another. Whether that's a large group study led by a pastor or one of our life groups or family impressions, which is kind of somewhere in between, it's, it's all a chance to dig deeper and encourage one another. And then the last hours, 10 minutes a day in devotion. That might be with yourself, might be with your spouse, might be with your kids. Just a little time in God's Word, both listening as you read, but then also praying. 
two suggestions for your personal devotion. It really helps if you have a place. It's not necessary, but if, if you, every day, you meet God at your office or at your kitchen table or in your bedroom before or after, when you wake up or when you go to sleep. And it also helps to do it at the same time every day. Before we moved to Winnicani, we lived in West Bend and I had to go to school and, and so Heather had to get her exercise in before I left the house at 7 o'clock. So she started getting up at 4.30 every morning, which is insane to me, to exercise, mind you. And now she doesn't have to do that anymore, but she does because it's a habit. And if you ask her, she tell, she'll tell you she needs to exercise. For some reason, I don't need to exercise. I should. But I do need to spend time with God. Because when we spend time with God, he gives us everything that we need for life. Strength for the day. Strength to resist temptation. Peace and comfort and love and joy and patience and and everything that we need. And, And then he gives us this promise that when we spend time with him now, his spirit will continue to work in our hearts, continue drowning our sinful nature, continue strengthening our faith so that we can have the assurance that one day we will spend eternity with God. This is our top priority. The way we spend our time reveals our priorities. I know you have a lot of things to do. Spend time with God. And he promises he will bless you for it. Amen.